What's up, ladies and gents? Welcome to Into the Net FC, the greatest football podcast in the history of the world. You all know who I am. There is no need for me to introduce myself. So let's cut right to the chase. The traditional French Le Classique, Paris Saint-Germain, Olympique de Marseille, in what is always supposed to be an interesting yet intriguing influential derby in France. Well, it turned out to be a one-sided game. Paris Saint-Germain wins 4-0. You know, I have several supporters on this show that support Olympique de Marseille. Let me let me just say this. It's a darn shame that French League 1 just cannot get as competitive as it once was in the 90s and the early 2000s, and I'm sure like how it was in the 80s and the 70s. It's a shame because there was a time when Olympique de Marseille not only conquered Ligue 1, but they would just conquer Le Classique with an iron fist. Now it seems that Les Parisiens have that iron fist. It's disappointing because I really wanted to see a hard-fought match. That's all I, I really want to see... Paris Saint-Germain really be heavily challenged by their foes, Olympique de Marseille. These traditional French derbies, you know, Olympique de Marseille and Olympique Lyonnais, you know, Nice and Monaco, or Nice and Marseille, these French rivalries, I really want to see them be heavily competitive. I want to see them be great again, you know. And seeing Paris Saint-Germain just easily eviscerate Olympique de Marseille, Man, it's a shame because Olympique de Marseille is just going through some difficulties because I think recently the, the manager resigned and because Ligue 1 news is just very, very hard to follow because, you know, you don't really get much out of it. You know, Olympique de Marseille is just, I mean, I'm already sad enough that they, you know, that they didn't qualify for the Champions League, but seeing how they managed to salvage a draw in their opening match in the Europa League, uh, Europa League against Ajax was somewhat positive, but I was really hoping because they were they were managed to able to avoid a defeat against Ajax. I felt that Olympique de Marseille was ready ready to step up to the challenge against Paris Saint Germain um, at the Parc des Princes, but well, unfortunately, it didn't. I mean, my good buddy, my mentor Steve Adams, a strong supporter of Marseille, uh, another supporter Anthony who also lives in Los Angeles, is a strong supporter of Marseille. You know, of course, runs the LA Olympique de Marseille Supporters Club. And, of course, my dad, once, my, there was a time when my dad adored Olympique de Marseille. I still believe that Olympique de Marseille is a team in his heart. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine more, Steve and my dad, you know, probably wishes that there was more competitive more than anybody because those guys, Steve and my dad, Oh, they remember when Ligue 1 was heavily competitive. I mean, me when I was a little kid, but uh, I can't really say that I'm old enough to remember that it was legitimately competitive. Anyway, well, I think the sad part is in this one, well, is that Kylian Mbappe picked up an injury. Um, now, Luis Enrique, uh, Enriquez, the manager of, of Paris Saint-Germain, did confirm that the injury is not serious. However... Um, He's now considered a doubt. Kylian Mbappe is considered doubtful for PSG's upcoming Champions League match against Newcastle United. So the injury is not too severe now. 
I'm not sure. I, I tried to figure out exactly what the injury was. Um, I'm not. I was unable to find out. I mean, some say it, it was the ankle. Some say it was a calf injury. I mean, whether it's an ankle injury, whether it's a calf injury, I mean, those injuries are serious enough. So, or they can be serious enough. I mean, I would say they're they're a cause for concern. But it was just it it, it was just it's just seeing a uh, seeing um. Killing Mbappe, you know, get hurt. It's just, it's always, it's always something serious because it's not always, it's not only serious for uh, Paris Saint Germain, but it's also serious for the for the French national team, who of course right now is working on the qualifying phase for the Euro for the European Championship in Germany next year. So, uh, but on a bright side, I mean, uh, Ashraf Hakimi, I mean, oh man. That the way he's opened that scoring, I mean Ashraf Hakimi, man, this dude is just so freaking amazing. And the guy that filled that came in for uh, Kylian Mbappe, Gonzalo Ramos, the Portuguese star player, scoring two goals, man. So it's good to see that PSG has a little bit of depth. I mean, I was certainly happy to see Randal Colomani, you know, pick up a goal. I, I believe that's a, that's actually his first goal for Paris Saint Germain. I think honestly. Uh, for Gonzalo Ramos as well, I believe these were his first goals also for the club. So it was good to see Randal Colomani and Gonzalo Ramos score their first goals for Paris Saint-Germain. And of course, you know, you, you score your first goals for Paris Saint-Germain. What better way to do it than against PSG's biggest foes, Olympique de Marseille? So, uh, so honestly, even though, you know, really everybody knows how critical I am at PSG, it's good to see some players that I, that, that I you know, really like to follow, you know, Kakimi, Kulumwani, and now I feel like Gonzalo Ramos is really going to be somebody I'm going to have to do some homework on. You know, I had basically, I, I knew, I basically knew the name before, but you know, the 22-year-old, you know, who's actually on loan from Benfica, you know, and see him come in, you know, fill in for Mbappe and, and immediately make an impact. I mean, that's huge. I mean, that is huge. So, uh, so you know, him being signed. Okay, so basically, yeah, he's actually on on a season loan. So yeah, I remember seeing the news that back in August. Uh, when he was actually loaned, and there's actually an option for buy-in at the end of the season, which which is going to be for a fee that's about 65 million euros. So, and and it also includes you know 15 million in bonuses. So, um, so I think you know, so for him to basically come in and score two goals, and if he continues to score goals, I mean, if Gonzalo Ramos makes a huge impact for Les Parisiens in the Champions League or any competition moving forward. PSG is going to have no choice but to basically get the guy permanently. And then basically this could actually allow Kylian Mbappe to leave the club. Because imagine this. If Gonzalo Ramos does well enough that PSG keeps him. And then Mbappe goes to say Real Madrid or wherever. wherever he, I don't know. Aside from Real Madrid I don't know where else he can possibly go. But I mean, but now that you think that. Now you got Usman Dembele. Randal Colomani. Gonzalo Ramos and Kylian Mbappe, I mean, that right there is too much. I mean, I thought that having Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe was too much. I mean, now we're on a whole different level. <laughs> because, again, Gonzalo Ramos, Usman Dembele, Randal Colomani, and Kylian Mbappe. I mean, PSG's been making some investments, especially on the attack. Although, I would like to see some investments being made in the midfield position, as well as defense. So... So I'm really, I'm really happy for Gonzalo Ramos. So I mean, what, what, what better way to, you know, like that? I mean, you know, two goals, you know, like that. I mean, I, this was actually, I think, his sixth appearance for the club. So 
But scoring his first two goals for the club, you know, in, in the traditional Le Classique, I mean, that, that, that's something huge. So, I mean, he comes in and then just, you know, and, and, doesn't, and, and didn't even waste any time. I mean, he came in in the 32nd uh, minute and then scored both of his goals in the second half. And one of them was actually early on in the second half. So, Gonzalo Ramos wasted no time in the second half of this game. So, so it's really good. I want to see a little bit more of this from PSG. I mean, again, you know, Ashraf Hakimi, especially on, on the midfield. So, aside from Ashraf Hakimi, you kind of have to wonder, you know, who else is there that you can count on? So, I mean, you know, um, Marco, Marco Verratti is no longer with Le Parisien. So, I believe he's now gone to Saudi Arabia or Qatar. I'm not entirely sure. I just don't think he's no longer with the club. But there was actually a time where um, where Olympique de Marseille actually could have had the equalizer. I believe it was, um, I don't know who the, who the player was, but there was actually a Marseille player that um, came this close to equalizing. But um, again, uh, I, for, I, forgot, I forget who it was, but uh, it kind of it, it it, it just seemed that, you know, Marseille um, was never really in it from the beginning. I mean... You know, we, we talk about these amazing lineups, I mean, or, or these formations. I mean, you look at PSG's lineup, you know, three defenders, four midfielders, and three strikers. I mean, of course, you're going to have Dembele, Colomani, and Mbappe in the, in the front three in the three-headed monster attack that I've spoken about. And of course, but I guess the only thing that was surprising is that it was Colomani that was actually in the center of the attack, not Mbappe. Because most of the time, you'd expect Mbappe to be the, at the center, so... But... But seeing, um, not seeing the, the formation that Olympique de Marseille utilized, I mean, you know, three defenders, five midfielders, and two strikers, and you know, you have Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, the former Arsenal striker, you know, playing, you know, in, in the front of, of that. So it just kind of seemed that Marseille's attempt to kind of counter PSG's attack, you know, by utilizing a heavy midfield presence, I mean, it really, it really backfired big time. And again, it's a shame because I really wanted to see a seriously heavily contested match in the traditional French Le Classique. So, I mean, zero shots on target for Olympique de Marseille. I mean, Olympique de Marseille just <laughs> never had any... I mean, look at this. I mean, zero shots on target for Marseille. You know, and they only had 23% ball possession, completed only 241 passes compared to PSG's 807 passes. Huh. Man, Marseille just—I mean, it's—it's uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, Marseille is, is in seventh place, seventh place in the French La, La, La Ligue 1. You know, PSG is, is in third now, and actually, believe it or not, it's just amazing that Brest, Brest of all clubs, is actually the top club right now in the French league. I mean, Nice is number two, and of course, Nice not long ago pulled off the amazing uh, upset win over Paris Saint-Germain at Le Parc des Princes. So, yeah, so, so I, I guess, I, I guess so, so I guess for now we really are seeing some of that competition, but is this competition really going to last? So, I mean, seeing Monaco also tied right now with PSG. So, I mean, right now, I, I, I would deem it to be serious heavy competition if the, if the top clubs right now was PSG, Marseille, Monaco, Nice, you know, Nantes, I mean, of, of course, Nantes is a team that, you know, Nantes used to be really, really good. I mean, Steve has told me how good Nantes used to be back in the day. My dad has told me that. I mean, you know, honestly, I mean, seeing Lyon, my, the club of my, home, of my hometown, Lyon, is winless. 
with two draws and four losses, and they're actually in the freaking relegation zone. <laughs> That's actually pretty sad. But I would deem it to be seriously heavy competition if the first, if, if the top five spots were Paris Saint-Germain, Olympique de Marseille, Monaco, Nice, you know, you know, Lyon, Montpellier, or Toulouse. I mean, those top clubs, those big clubs like that, I mean, if those were basically right now competing, you know, for the top spot, I mean, that would basically be a little bit of reminiscent to what Ligue 1 used to be. Again, PSG, Nice, Marseille, Monaco, you know, Nantes, Lyon, Montpellier, Toulouse. You really want to see those clubs really fight tooth and nail. You really want to see who wants it more, like who wants it badly to be in the Champions League, to be in the Europa League, or the Europa Conference League. You want to see which team wants it enough to be competing at a high level in a tournament. So... Yeah, so honestly, one day we can only hope, but but seeing, you know, like, what's really become, I mean, you know, the fact that Le Classique, you know, is even, you know, competitive, competitive list again, I mean, it's just sad, because, you know, you look at the, the traditional French Le Classique, I mean, this goes back to, uh, to 1971, I mean, this actually started December 12th, 1971, and every time I look at that, it surprises me, because I kind of feel like Marseille and PSG is, sub, is basically a rivalry that should have gone, you know, that, that, that should be going... You know, at least a hundred years, but man, <sighs> man. But you know, but, but seeing it like that, you know, I'll never forget. You know, you know of course, uh, all these these upset wins. You know, my dad's actually been to a traditional Le Classique one time. I, I forget when it was, but man, uh, you know, see, seeing all, all these incidents. I mean, of course, I think the last time there was an incident was actually August eighteenth of twenty twenty. So, man. You 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 really see Marseille supporters and PSG supporters just you 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 see a lot of violent stuff. I mean, you go you go from simple trash talking to hooliganism. I mean, you see like I mean you you see threats of violence. You know, in this rivalry, man, it's it's it, it can absolutely go completely out of control. But from this from this game, PSG just right right off the bat just dominant in every form. Marseille not able to do anything. I mean. I think in this particular case, I think the surprise is that Marseille did not concede more goals than they could have. Because based on how this game went, I feel like PSG could have scored twice as much goals. It could have been eight nothing, but instead it's four to zero. So, but you know, I am relieved to know that Mbappe, the injury is not too serious. Now, if he has to miss the match against Newcastle, so be it. I would imagine for the next couple of uh, League Out matches, he will not play at all, um, because you know right now you, you can't you, you can't mess around with Mbappe, especially when he's hurt. So because Mbappe is well needed. So, but again, but now that you have you know Gonzalo Ramos, you have Randal Colomani and Osman Dembele available, then there's no reason to rush Mbappe back at all. There's no reason to rush him back at all. Take his time, because let's let's see what the other guys can do as well. So basically. Let's see what Gonzalo Ramos can do as a starter. Let's let's see what he can do alongside Randal Colomani as well as Usman Dembele. I mean, you got you got two members of the French connection along with with, with a with a Portuguese wonder kid. I mean, this dude. I mean, Gonzalo Ramos. This dude, from what I from what I've seen, this dude has the potential of being Portugal's next superstar. I mean, you already got Rafael Liao also, you know, on the Portuguese you know, as far as you know Portuguese uh, brilliance as well. So it's good to see that Portugal. 
is really developing some brilliant talent, you know, much like France, much like England, much like Germany, much like Italy, much like Spain. So it's really good to see Portugal join the group of elite as far as developing awesome talent. So as far as Gonzalo Ramos goes, based on what I saw today, I love what I saw and I hope he keeps it up because, again, I want to see him succeed. I want to see Randal Colomani succeed. I want to see Dembele revive his career after a very, very frustrating and failed spell at Barcelona. You know, I want to, you know, and I feel like, you know, these guys do well enough. I mean, I feel like PSG is probably just telling Mbappe, just go to Real Madrid. It's better for you. It's better for this club. It's better for everybody because, you know what, at least those other guys will have a chance, you know, to make names for themselves. So, I'm sure that... I'm 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 sure. Uh, well, you know, as far as Mbappe goes, I mean, again, you know, those are things I'm really t kind of tired of uh, waiting and wondering. So, but it just kind of seems that you know right now right now PSG's uh, attack squad is is a bit overcrowded. So, so maybe Mbappe's injury is not a, is not as bad as it looks. But you know, again, don't rush him back. Let, you know, Gonzalo Ramos is perfectly capable of doing good. He's showing a lot of promise. You know, he's on a loan, so. Let, let's let him prove to, as to why PSG should buy him, buy him, buy him to him permanently. So, so I think for Gonzalo Ramos, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. And Bappe is hurt. Now's your chance to solidify yourself and to show why PSG should keep you instead of sending you back to Benfica. Because I think Gonzalo Ramos, he keeps that up. Other clubs are gonna want him. I mean, could you imagine? <laughs> let me say this: Could you imagine if if Real Madrid chooses to actually pursue Gonzalo Ramos instead instead of Mbappe? I mean, if Randal Kulomani continues to do good, do the same thing will go for will go for him. I mean, Randal Kulomani, you know, spending some time at Antwerp Frankfurt, you know, where he also we was part of the team that won the Europa League. So, so for Randal Kulomani, I mean, this is also the opportunity. So it seems like all these guys have the opportunity again. Usman Dembele, the opportunity to revive himself and, and, and to redeem himself after a failed spell at Barcelona. Randall Kulomwani, the opportunity for him, to, for him to basically improve and grow as a player. Same thing with Gonzalo Ramos, you see? A lot of opportunities for these guys, so... So maybe, uh, maybe I should be a little bit more excited about PSG, right? I mean, I do want to see them win the, the toughest competition. I want, to, I want them... I mean, at the end of the day, they need to win the Champions League. I mean, with all this talent, seriously... They need to challenge the bigger. They, they need to challenge. They, they need to basically be able to tackle to tackle the bigger challenges. So, so it was good to see Gonzalo Ramos fill in for Mbappe in a good way, and I feel like Gonzalo Ramos will continue to do that moving forward. I think the same thing goes for Randal Kulomani, but PSG needs to get the act together. They gotta basically kind of strengthen up that midfield and strengthen up that defense because. In the Champions League, if they manage to make it out of the group stage, even though I said that they wouldn't, clearly I wasn't thinking based on how much talent they have right now, well, we're going to have to see how things go. Ladies and gentlemen, Into the Net FC, as you know, is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Please do me a favor. Hit the subscribe button, and don't forget to hit the notification bell, because ladies and gentlemen, I want to be sure that you're not going to be missing out on any exciting upcoming content. One more thing, if you have any friends or family members that love football, and they are looking for a great football podcast to listen to, then please, please, please have them subscribe to this show, because I promise you, no, I guarantee you that if they listen to this show, they will love it. So don't forget, for those of you watching on YouTube, leave a comment, leave a thumbs up, 
Ladies and gentlemen, the love and support is greatly appreciated. I appreciate the hell out of everybody that is loyal to me, that has been supportive of me since the beginning. God bless all of you. Thank you very much. Good night, and I'll see you all next time.